When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. The Vancouver Canucks pull off a third period rally. Marcus Grandlin gets the game-winning goal with 2.34 to go, and the Canucks win the preseason finale 3-2 over your Edmonton Oilers. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 9.46 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Obviously, Rob, we are talking a lot about individuals during the preseason. That's really what we stress most nights on this show, and we will get to that discussion, but I, I think the, the overall game flow and gameplay warrants a little bit of discussion. And look, the Oilers outshot Vancouver. 18-3 in the second period. The shots were 28-8 after two periods for Edmonton. The score was 2-1 for the Oilers. So I, I guess if you're going to pick at anything about the Oilers team play tonight, I mean, when you have that advantage in shots, you'd like to be up more than one going to the third. Well, yeah, the Oilers dominated through through 40 minutes. They had... You know, they they dominated just about every aspect of the game, but they just weren't able to put more pucks behind Markstrom. And you give credit to Markstrom. It's funny, Markstrom, as well as he did first star in the game, I thought the Connor McDavid goal was a bad goal against Markstrom, but he stopped everything else that was thrown at him. And when you don't stomp on a team, when you're taking, or you don't take advantage of the chances that you have, eventually it's just one bounce and all of a sudden the game is tied. And that's what happened in the third period. Vancouver was lucky to get through 40, lucky to be in the game. Probably got a little bit of uh, tongue lashing from their coaching staff in between the second and third period. And they came out and played much better in the third. And just being down one allowed them to jump right back into it, feel good about themselves. And they you know, they let their goalie down through 40 and decided to go out and play for him in the third. So the Oilers were very good at, for 40 minutes. Third period, they let up a bit. And in the National Hockey League, you let up a bit. A team's going to take advantage, and the Canucks did. So, yeah, Vancouver had just the eight shots through 40 minutes. I made a note they had nine shots in the first 619 of the third period. So they more than doubled their total. That included a power play where the uh, Berchie goal. Actually, was that on the power play? Yes, it was. The Berchie goal was on the the, uh, the power play. So that tied it 2-2. The Oilers, I mean, did play, have a bit of a push after the game was tied. But, again, the, they just could not bury the chances tonight. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. The Oilers finished the preseason with a record of five and three. We're going to jump onto the phone lines here and welcome Greg to the show. Hey, Greg, thanks for hey calling. Guys, how are you? How's it going? Good. Um, I just want to say uh, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, physicality out of Lucic. Um, I know everybody is throwing him under the bus, and I understand, you know, because they're not used to seeing him play and uh, you know, in L.A. and Boston. And now being an Oiler, um, they don't realize that's how he plays. So they got to give him time. They got to give him the benefit of the doubt, and they got to, um, you know, just kind of let things happen. The other thing I want to say is uh, usually I watch the plays or the game or whatever, but um, now going to games I watch the uh, the players and, and if anybody because um, seeing Larson uh, on TV and seeing him live is, is, is two different things. He is a very, very good defenseman. He's, he's anticipating the play. He's always in the right position and that's going to help the others. So all the people that are out there saying, well, uh, we gave up too much uh, to get him. Well, when you see him play live, then you will change your mind because he is that good positionally and he is that good defensively aware and and, and where he positions himself on the ice. So people need to, to, to see him play before they can actually judge that trade. And I'll let you go, and I just want to hear opinions on that. Yeah, we appreciate you calling. I think Adam Larson has been very good. If anything, this might have been, I thought, Rob, I don't know how you saw it, maybe a bit of an off night for him a couple times with the puck. But generally, I think he is in the right place. If he isn't able to win the puck, he often forces a guy wider away from the scoring area. And I, I think he does a lot of subtle, safe things well. Well, I think he's very good. It's a huge upgrade for the Oilers on the back end. Um, he possibly could be the best defenseman that the Oilers have by season's end. He and Clefbaum work very well together. You could see the way that they uh, players come 
puck comes into their zone. Clefbaum gets beat a bit. All of a sudden, right there, Larson's taking over. Clefbaum's filling in behind him. Uh, they've got the familiarity of the language between the two of them. Tonight, I mean, he had six hits tonight, Larson. And Larson's not a, a big, physical, mean defenseman, but he finishes the check. He, he's a big body out there. This is not a trade that you're going to evaluate in the first week, the first month, the first season. Hopefully both players, Hall and Larson, will be long-term members of either of their, each of their teams. And then five, seven, nine years from now, you can decide which one was better. The Oilers needed a top defenseman. They got one, and the Oilers are a better team on the back end with, with Adam Larson in the lineup. Greg also brought up Milan Lucic, who... I mean, let's face it, Rob, through the first 40 minutes, I, I mean, even in, in the probably the first about 15 minutes of the game, Lucic, Everly, McDavid, a variety of comp- combinations, one guy setting up the other with goal, goal mouth passes that were were just misses. I, I think that line has looked better every game. Now, look, we know McDavid, obviously, it's the supernatural talent on that line and, and what, he, what he can create. I, I'm not overly concerned about Milan Lucic that he, his name wasn't all over the score sheet through the preseason. I, I, I think uh, and, and I think that line looked stronger as the preseason went on. I mean, two things with Milan. Milan's not going to be an 85 points getter. I mean, he never has been in his career. Uh, but Milan, Milan's not a guy that is every shift's going to go out and run people through the boards. Uh, Milan has got good offensive instinct. And when you're playing with Connor McDavid, there's not a lot of times where you're going to the forecheck where Milan's going to be going and running throw someone head first in the boards because Connor has the puck so much and creates so many things off the off the rush. Milan picks his spots when he needs to be physical. Milan will be there when he needs to send a message. Uh, I think right now he's trying to find where he should be offensively when McDavid has the puck. And I think that's what he's trying to adjust to right now. There, We have not seen a lot of physicality from any team thus far in the preseason. Players are trying to make teams. They're not trying to be out there being dumb. As this regular season starts, now it gets a little bit chippier, a little little tougher, a little more physical. And in the games where you need Milan to do the things that he does best, Milan has proven over the course of his career, he stands up there each and every time. The Oilers outshoot the Canucks 36-21, but lose 3-2, a third-period comeback by Vancouver. 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Very good. How are you tonight? Not too bad. Uh, I just want to make a comment on Fane and Nurse in that third period. That was a total disaster. Two shifts in a row there. I mean, I saw Nurse just seem to walk over a puck and try to should try to make some cute little play there, and it got stolen. And then uh, right after that, he gave the puck away too. And then Fane ices the puck on the power play. It was just it just got more ridiculous. And even when uh, the Oilers penned them in for a good minute there, do you remember midway through the second? Yeah. And then all and then they they ice the puck and it goes on that. And then Nurse, what does he do? He smacks it around the the boards to no one. He doesn't even look. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah, it got really ridiculous there watching the Fane and Nurse show. And you know what? I haven't seen anything from Nurse this preseason that, that says that he's a better hockey player. But Fane, I mean, I'm glad they're not going to sign Graba because I got on the air there the other day, too, and to see Graba and, and uh, Fane on that team, I don't know. But here's my question. I know I'm going on a bit of a roll here, but uh, what makes you think Priyarvi deserves to be on this roster on opening night? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think process of elimination. Right now with the Oilers and the injuries they have, that, I mean, there tonight there was nobody, that was, I don't think there was a healthy forward sitting out tonight. Was there a read? Uh, no. No, so... Because Pitlick had a late so with minor... In, with injuries right now and not knowing... Hendricks out long-term. Uh, Pacarinen's out long-term. So now you've got Vestige, who you haven't signed. You've got Pitlick. And you got who is seriously hurt, yeah, but they, they decided to hold the ball. And you got Kajula, who's hurt. We don't know if he's going to play. So right now, because of that, uh, Pujarvi is going to be in, to, in the lineup on on Wednesday, unless some of those guys come back. But you're right. I thought actually I thought he struggled tonight. Yeah. I didn't think he had a very strong game in the game tonight. Yeah, he's an interesting one. And I mean, he's and there's a texter here who says uh, send him down. No sense playing him on the third line. Let him build some confidence. Yeah, that that's going to be a tough decision with with Pugliarvi. He was not, uh, you know, didn't stand out 
No. I mean, he wasn't horrible. It's not like he, I mean, he had that one horrible giveaway in that one game, but it's but, not as if he was tripping over the puck, but he didn't really look overly assertive or dangerous. He didn't look confident. Right. He, he didn't look confident, and at times the, the speed of the game looked a little quick for him. He looked like an 18-year-old kid that's coming in with high expectations, and uh, to me, if, if, the, if the players are healthy, if Pitlick's healthy, um, Kajula's healthy, I don't believe he'll play on Wednesday. And then once everyone gets healthy, he probably will spend some time in the minors. Well, and as Todd, there's so much hype around the opening day roster. As Todd McClellan said the other day, well, that's your roster basically for one game. Yeah. And then things can change mm-hmm. based on performance, injuries, or or whatever. Having uh, said that, everybody wants to be in everybody the opening Everybody Because then you feel like you might yes. be there for, for a long time. Alex brought up Mark Fain. Somebody texted in and saying, "I think Mark Fain will get sent down." I, I can. I, Mark Fain's not going to get sent down, but I think he's going to be in the press box on Wednesday night. I, I think Nurse will play with Davidson. I think they'll leave Secker and Russell together, and obviously the Swedes will be together. Well, to me, it's each and every game will be a decision between Nurse and Fain, who is in the lineup. And I agreed. I, I don't think. I think Nurse had some struggles tonight, and I know the one caller, the play he meant talked about where the Oilers had control for a minute and a half mm-hmm. it comes down and yeah nurse came back didn't look and he rimmed it around and the Canucks picked the puck up and, and took it to the net and I'm thinking oh my goodness the, the Oilers just had this incredible shift that may end up with the Vancouver Canucks scoring a goal on it so nurses when, when the puck is not on his stick nurses he had he plays a, a good game he gets himself into tr- trouble sometimes when the puck is on his stick, trying to make something out of nothing. He looks like he has nervous hands at times. And confidence will come with more games played, with more experience. But right now, he and Fane would be the 6-7. And then it'll be up to Todd McClellan and the coaching staff to decide which one they want in the lineup. Mick texting 630-630. He says, I'm a little worried about Talbot being the number one goalie. Do you think Gustafson might take over sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts? I will say there is uh, zero chance of Gustafson being the number one goalie. Talbot is the guy. I will go with two and a half percent. Okay. It's on, it's, 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 no, Talbot, Talbot I mean, you, will be You could center. see a stretch where if, if Talbot is a little off and Gustafson's playing better, maybe he starts three out of six in a run or something like that. But, but the, Talbot's the guy. The, the problem that Gustafson ha- has had over the course of his career is he has not been able to be the number one guy. And when he's been given the chance for long stretches it hasn't worked out well so I, I think Talbot I, what we saw last year out of him and what like, we've seen most of this preseason I don't think there's any reason to think that he will not be the starter and play 60 games this season. So the Canucks edge the Oilers 3-2 with a third period comeback Jakob Markstrom the Canucks goalie 34 saves he's the first star Connor McDavid with two points the second star Benoit Pouliot the third star he scored on a breakaway tonight our fourth star of the game is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I'm going to go with Leon Dreisaitl tonight. He had an assist, and I thought he uh, played pretty well along the boards. Yeah, he's, I thought he played very well. I thought he had a good game, too. So I will we'll give it to Leon Dreisaitl. I'll echo whatever you say tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. Tell you what we got to do. We got a break for the 10 o'clock news. We have plenty more to come here on Overtime Open Line, presented by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Parandish Team Broadcast Center. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid. You'll hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They end the preseason five and three. The final tonight at Rogers Place, Vancouver three, Edmonton two. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the Oilers dominate the first two periods, but... They only had a one-goal lead, and then Vancouver came to life in the third, scored twice, and the Canucks get out of Rogers' place with a 3-2 victory to end the preseason. It'll start for real on Wednesday here at Rogers' place. Oilers against the Flames. It'll be on Chad, 8 o'clock for the start of the game. Our face-off show extended that night will begin at 6. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can text 630-630, phone 780-496-0063. Mike from Red Deer says, Nurse should get a one-way ticket to the Miners tomorrow morning. 
And he also says, I was impressed with Chris Russell's performance. He should be motivated and ready to get some hate on for his former team Wednesday night. That is uh, from Mike. I'm not sure he's going to We should talk about Russell a little bit, though. I'm not sure he's going to get his hate on for the Calgary Flames. I think he enjoyed his time there. Got a bunch of buddies on that team. But he probably wants to prove them that, hey, you probably should have re-signed me. I, I think your team would be better with me on it. So he's got some incentive there. I thought he was good tonight. Looked rusty on a couple situations. And, uh, I mean, some of these guys have played in the World Cup. Some of these guys have played five or six exhibition games. And Chris Russell's been skating with the, the Red Deer Rebels. It's not... Uh, He's not going to be up to speed yet. He's going to get some time here in the next few days in practice to start getting his feet wet again. But uh, he's a smart hockey player, and uh, he's going to help the Oilers. He'll be a top four probably for them for them for the season, and, and and give them that veteran leadership on the back end. As for Nurse, right now it's Nurse and Fane to me. Are they six and seven? I don't believe Nurse is going anywhere to start the season. Uh, to me, he had a, a little rocky preseason there were there was good things but there was also times where he seemed to struggle when the puck was on his stick and that's just a, a learning curve he's got to know what he can do with the puck in what situations the more situations he plays the more games he plays he should be able to figure that out yeah Chris Russell, his addition is our adjustment of the game, brought to you by Alberta's Chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, you can visit albertachiro.com. And, of course, yesterday was a day of adjustments for the Oilers as uh, about three hours before they signed Chris Russell. They traded Neil Yakupov to the St. Louis Blues. If you want to catch up on that, and there's a full Peter Shirelli scrum from today talking about some of the moves, go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com. We want to jet downstairs right now for GC. Diesel serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. And here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, he had another uh, tremendous game. I thought he played well all, all over the rink. He's certainly making people around him better, and uh, you like to see that from your your captain and your leader. I know it's just preseason, but what lessons can you take from uh, the way you guys were able to dominate for two periods and then didn't go so well in the third for you guys? No, it didn't, and. Um, you know, it's just preseason, but these are areas that our organization has to get better in. We're uh, we're going to be in this situation a lot during the year, where maybe we've got a one-goal lead and we've got to learn how to uh, how to play in those situations. We had our way um, in the third, and I think, pardon me, in the second, and I think that affected us in the third. When you got to buckle them up, you got to come out and get ready to play. No excuse for. Uh, for taking two penalties in the first five minutes, losing the face-off battle, and, and a lot of races to lose pucks, but it's a lesson that we'll uh, we'll have to learn from. What did Chris Chris Russell do in his uh, preseason debut today? I thought he did a did a very real admirable job. He uh, you know he hasn't had the luxury of being around training camp. He uh, he's trying to figure out how we want to play the game, a uh, new partner and a new side to play on. But the things that he does well, he did do well. He controlled the puck. He moved it up. Um, he blocked in front on a lot of shots. It created opportunities to go the other way. So uh, I'm happy with him. I'm glad that he got a little bit of uh, playing time under his belt. You never answer all the questions heading in the first game, but uh, of the many questions you had of your team in this training camp, who's playing where, who's doing what, how are you going into the first game now? They all answered, or most of them? Well, I think we're starting, you know, not starting. We're at the end of an eight-game, uh, three-week odyssey here, where we had a chance to see a lot of people in different situations, and um, you know, there's uh, there's the individuals that are trying out for for certain spots, whether they're veterans or or uh, first-year players, and some have proven they can play. Others leave us wondering, question mark wise. Uh, there's players that have excelled in certain situations, and others that have struggled. I think of the penalty kill. If you're going to be a, a third or fourth line player, you got to be able to penalty kill. And we we continuously made the same mistake throughout training camp. So, um, you know, they're not grasping that concept, or we haven't practiced it enough. So that's an area of concern. Um, you know, but moving forward. Um, we're going to have to get ready, and we want to have a real good start here at home, and questions will continue to be answered throughout the season. Todd, are you seeing five-on-fives sequences that have you thinking we're, we're getting closer? That, that second period in particular, the, the extended stretch, do you feel like that offers you a glimmer of hope? That yeah, some of the, yeah. Um, you know, and again, it's... Uh, it's concepts that we've introduced uh, throughout training camp, in particular this week. Uh, we saw some of that in the second period in the offensive zone where uh, certain players were active and 
Um, you know, for us, it's a, it's an attitude thing. It has to be there all the time. It can't be uh, comfortable for a little while and then uh, and then get away from it. So, but there are signs of us progressing. Well, you are the showing enough to make the team start to see. Uh, well, he, I think he's got better every game. Uh, third period struggled a little bit today with a couple turnovers, but he's improved. He uh, He's understanding a little bit of, uh, of, of how we want to play, and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll have to sit down as an organization and make some decisions, not only with Yassi, but with, with a lot of players. Is he closer? Has he been better? He's closer now than he was last year, yeah. Even though he made the team last yeah. year? I think he's uh, he's further along right now. He understands it more. And Pitlick didn't play. Is that a is that a vote of confidence for him? Do you want to look at somebody else? Well, well, we wanted to look at uh, at Shlepashev tonight, and uh, Pitter had a little bit of a minor injury that we didn't think we should be playing him uh, in that situation. He's healthy enough to skate, but not uh, not expose him to anything so else. So you've got a first line looks like obviously, and a fourth line. <laughs> plays there. Your second and third line, you get two-thirds on both lines. You're just not sure of who's playing on the right side on both lines? Um, well, we've got a second line, we've got a third line, we've got to get a few guys healthy and we've got to put them together, but uh, the puzzle for any team, whether it was Pittsburgh last year or um, all the Chicago teams, isn't complete because camp ends. It doesn't work that way. The puzzle's gonna keep, it's like putty. We're gonna keep molding it and, and twisting it and, and it's gonna continue on for the whole season. So um, in, in talking to you right now, it feels like it's a definitive end and, and away we go. It doesn't work that way. Tomorrow when we come back, to me, it's an extension of training camp. After game one against uh, Calgary, it's an extension of training camp. We have to keep growing our team and keep getting it better. So there's there's nothing definitive. Um, talk to me after ten, 10 games and I'll tell you the same thing. There's nothing definitive, but it's going to keep growing. So like Leon is on right wing, but if Kajula is ready to play... Potentially, like play. yeah. We but could move guys around. He, he, he could play third, but if he could go up a third line center, then he's got to play center. Potentially, like we got to play three guys on the ice at any given time in, in certain positions, and that's a given. And we'll move people around. Are you happy with Lucic uh, and McDavid? Is he gaining an understanding of how to play with him through camp? I think he has. Um, you know, I thought tonight Luch looked dangerous in a lot of different situations. Some of the things he did on his own, forechecking and creating turnovers. Others he benefited off of um, of some of the plays that Connor made. Um, I think those three are just even going to get better as, as we get going. The last exhibition game is a tough one to play. Those guys don't want to get hurt? They don't. You know, they're, get, they're getting through it because for them, the, the, the starting gate's three days away, and they're just kind of getting through it from both teams. I think we saw that with Vancouver, too, until they turned it up. But it's, it's a tough game to play. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan coming to you courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Well, he, you know, he said it there. You got to make a decision on Jesse Pugliarvi. He did think he got better every game. I, I mean, I think you could, <laughs> you could, you could probably, you could probably debate that. But, but that's that's one of the guys here where they're going to see what we're going to do. And people are asking, when is Drake Kajula going to be back? Well, he's day to day, though he hasn't skated now since he left the game the other night uh, with what you thought Rob was was a hip injury. So. There's still some we'll see stuff going on here. There are. I mean, there's three players in the lineup tonight up front that you would think are, are debatable whether they'll be in the lineup on October 12th. And that would be Slepashev on your fourth line, Anton Lander, the center on the third line, and Pilyarvi, who is your sec, who was a third line right winger today. Those three guys would be the question marks. The two guys that you would see coming in as for sure as I believe Pitlick will be in as your fourth line right winger or left winger, I guess he could, he could flip-flop. And I would see if Kajula is healthy, he would be in. So that means three of the three guys that I said they were on the bubble, two of them will come out. So one of them still has to play because I don't, unless they sign Versteeg, which they haven't done as of yet. So uh, there are some question marks, but it's interesting. I like what Todd McClellan said because everybody gets focused on your lines. I mean, there could be a time this year where McDavid and Everly are playing with Pouliot. There could be a time this year where, you know, Nuge moves to play on the third line because of a certain situational matchup and dry settle centers your second line. Uh, it, it, it's nice to sit and talk about lines and here's your, your line, but it, lines aren't forever. Lines aren't 
for for set for a week. I mean, they go day to day, and after each game, the coaching staff will sit in the room. They'll replay the game on video. They'll see what went right, what went wrong, and as soon as one of those two-game losing streaks comes in, all of a sudden we got a brand new line. They'll throw the blender on. New lines will come out. So what you want to be is you want to see your name on the board is playing, and then when you get the opportunity, especially if you get the opportunity to play in an offensive role. You've got to create offensive. You put yourself in a role where you're a defensive player or a penalty killer. You've got to get it done. And Todd McClellan mentioned that today too. Third and fourth liners on this team will be penalty killers. If they can't get it done, they're going to find another third or fourth liner. Yeah, for sure. And you did mention there's been repeated breakdowns yep. with, the, with the penalty kill. So that'll be one of the things to watch as we move forward here as well. The Oilers can't finish it off tonight. They have a 2-1 lead after two and we're looking very good, but they fall 3-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. You can call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. In a couple of minutes, you will hear from the newest Oiler, Chris Russell, on the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio 630 Chad Final score Rogers Place Vancouver Canucks 3 Edmonton Oilers 2 Pouliot at 12:46 of the first Sutter at 13.08 of the first, McDavid on the power play at 4.57 of the second period. Berchi made it 2-2, 4.17 of the third. That was a power play goal. Grandlin the winner at 17.26 of the third. Markstrom the winning goalie. Talbot takes the loss. The shots were 36-21 from the Oilers. One text simply says, Nurse didn't trip that guy. That was Yannick Hansen. It was a bit of a, I thought it was a bit of a marginal penalty. I mean, whatever, you, you well, got to kill it off. Whether it was if, a, if you want to go back to the first period, Sedin got a penalty on Eberle, and he never touched Eberle. Like, Sedin was actually almost in his bench when they called him back. He was shocked that he got a call. They called a high well, stick. Well, somebody, somebody high-sticked Eberle, though. He went down. They were he, on the he replay. Fell. He fell. I, don't well, think I, thought, I thought a stick came up and, and got him because he was tied up with a guy. I think you're just making stuff up. I think. No, uh, I saw it on the it's, replay. It's, well, it's a small jumbo trauma. You can barely <laughs> see it. <laughs> so you can text 630-630. We'll get to more of your text, but let's hear from the new guy. Here's Chris Russell. Experience helps. Um, no, it's a good locker room. Guys are talking. Um, I know Reggie was made sure he talked, talked to Nace, and that helps out for sure, especially with the timing and guys, you know, forechecking for the first time. You know, I really haven't had a practice with uh, a lot of forechecks, so uh, just getting the body, getting some bumps and phys- feeling the physical, um, you know, and it was, uh, it was good. Chris, you're carrying the puck. It looked like enough, but just how did you feel with the puck and trying to hit your forwards and making plays and all that? How were you timing-wise? Yeah, I felt all right. I mean, there's some plays I, I need to clean up and, um, and work hard to, to clean those up. Um, you know, just get some uh, get some better habits playing the right side. I haven't played the right side for a while, so um, you know I'll work on that the next few days here, and then um, you know just keep working hard. Uh, you know the last goal I felt like it was a step behind one half a step, and that guy doesn't even get that little deflection. So um, obviously things I got to clean up and get better at. You mentioned they're playing on your your offside. What was it like though playing with Sekera? It was very good. You know he talks a lot. Uh, um, he's a veteran guy. We both have played some some games in the league so I felt like we read off each other pretty well obviously there's some things that uh, you know I need to clean up for him just you know habits and system wise that uh, um, I got to get better at and uh, you know I feel like uh, it was a good first game I mean uh, we got to be I got to be a lot better come uh, opening night if I get in so uh, you know, I'm working towards that. Also just your first game with this team here at Rogers Place uh, what do you think about where this team is headed I mean for, for 40 minutes you guys were by far the better team in that hockey game uh, maybe a little lesson you guys can learn with that third period but overall how uh, excited are you to get this season going with this team yeah i felt like we were skating while we we're doing the right things early and then uh, you know we kind of laid off a bit and you know they had a push obviously they were down but um you know we got to find a way to you know create some uh, momentum and put it back on them and uh, uh we just didn't do it but you know it's up to you know older guys leadership guys guys like me that uh you know, to help uh, try and settle that down and get the get the pucks in our favor and get pucks up ice, and especially in our own zone, we got to shut things down. You know, I got to be better at that. How'd you feel? Reed, that's Chris Russell. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight as Chris Russell signed about oh 26 hours ago. 
and uh, makes his Oilers debut tonight. He played 18:52 minus one is the rating. He had a shot on goal and three hits paired with Andre Secker as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Canucks. I mean, quite frankly, a guy coming into his first game, I didn't know what to expect. I did think he looked pretty comfortable for most of the game. Yeah, he did, and you would expect that being a veteran. Uh, I don't think he gets too frazzled out there on the ice, doesn't get too uh, nervous. And just right now, a matter of catching up to speed for him, uh, getting into practices with guys of NHL caliber, getting to learn his partner a little bit more, learning the systems that the Oilers uh, employ. And once he gets all that, he'll be fine. He's a guy that's been around long enough and has put together some pretty strong seasons. The Oilers are a better hockey club with him in the lineup on the back end. Brad says... Darnell Nurse needs to start the season in the minors. If the team wants to have NHL players at all positions, Darnell isn't ready yet. Griba is ready. Sign him. Well, I don't know if Griba is going to be around. Um, I haven't seen any news, but, I mean, he could get an offer from another team, and they, they did say today... I'm just seeing here if there's anything up, anything that could be updated. I mean, he he could t- he, if somebody else actually offers him a contract, he's obviously going to take that over uh, a tryout. Um, he, here here's the here's the way I look at it, Rob. Clefbaum and Larson look like they can be very solid. Yep. I think there's it's very early, but I think there's some encouraging signs from Secker and Russell. And look, we're not talking about. The Oilers having a number one Chara in his prime Subban-type player. But the, hopefully you have four average or above-average defensemen. Then, yes, five, six, seven, it gets dicey. Well, I don't think five. I think Davidson's a strong strong player. Okay, depth guy, yeah. sure. Six, seven, eight, yes, maybe maybe it gets dicey. So I, I, I just don't think... I. I Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't know if they're going to announce something tonight or tomorrow or wait till Monday morning. I don't think Nurse is going to get sent down. I, no. I, I really don't. I, and I understand the unease, though, with what fans saw from him at some point in the preseason. Totally. I, I just don't know who in the organization right now is noticeably better and or more experienced. Well, I, I believe it'll be Fane and Nurse will be the 6-7. And then on Monday, or excuse me, on Wednesday, Todd McClellan's got to decide which one of those guys is going to be in the lineup. But I, th- I believe that's the way it's going to start. They'll start those seven here at the beginning of the season. Uh, I believe both Fane and Nurse will get into games. And then they'll decide going forward if this is good enough or if they got to go out and try to improve and find someone different. And uh, I think Matthew Benning will go down, and maybe if he progresses really well or they really need somebody, maybe 20, 30, 40, pick a point of the season, maybe he comes up and is the 6'7 guy. Well, if he does Or an Osterley or somebody. I I, I believe that Benning would be the first player if he goes down, because he's not down yet. Uh, If he goes down, he would be the first call-up, and I believe it'll be a call-up that they will be happy to make. Yeah, he surprised guys in training camp. He was very good in the preseason. Uh, he's a right-handed shot, which is a luxury for the uh, for the the Oilers to have. And uh, he, he'll go down. He'll get some games. You know, play a ton of ice, get a ton of ice down there. Now that's just saying if he goes down, we we don't know. We're just speculating right now with the fact that he was the guy that sat out today. Uh, if he was still here on Wednesday, it wouldn't surprise me either because he has deserved a chance with the way that he played throughout the preseason. The Canucks rally to edge the Oilers 3-2. Still ahead, you'll hear from their head coach, Willie Desjardins. You're also going to hear from the game's second star with a goal and an assist, Connor McDavid. We're in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Overtime Open Line, presented by the Canucks. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre... Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Rob Brown here as well. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Hope you have some wonderful Thanksgiving plans ahead of you. It's 1032. We're at Rogers Place. We will have every Oilers game for you all through the regular season on 630 Chad starting Wednesday against the Calgary Flames. And don't forget, we have the Eskimos game Monday morning, 930 pregame show 11 o'clock for the kickoff. Eskimos at Alouettes. You know, Morley Campbell, or Morley Campbell, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. They're one person now. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, I believe their plan is to go to the Barbie barn tomorrow night, Rob. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, and they'll get their uh, bibs on, and they'll be in there, and it'll be a long night for them. Hopefully they're done eating by the time they got to go on air Monday morning. <laughs> well, there, there's some good places to eat in Montreal. That's a good town. That is a good town to visit uh, for sure. Downtown Freddy, Tech 630-630. 
He says, I'm a huge Nurse fan, and I believe he will develop into a top-end stud defenseman, but I let that happen in Bakersfield, and I go with Benning Davidson as the third pair. Wave Fain, send him to the minors, and then use some of the cap saved on him to sign Griba. That is from downtown Freddie. And Rory and Grand Prairie says, I agree with the assessment of Darnell. There's no better fit for the roster in this organization right now, so you can't send him down. A small amount of preseason frustration can't take anything from way from what we all know is his abundance of talent, strength, and capability to uh, be effective this coming regular season. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I totally understand the sentiment of, of Nurse's play, or I guess the assessment of, of, of Nurse's play. I, I just think if you look at the organizational depth, I mean, let me let me ask people this. Are, are you comfortable with Jordan Osterley or Griffin Reinhardt or Dylan Simpson coming up and being here instead of Darnell Nurse? Because that's what you're looking at. I mean, unless, unless the argument is Benning, but that's a pretty unproven argument <laughs> true true i mean it's gonna it's gonna be darnell nurse i believe and mark fane they will be the two that start as your six seven and then you decide which one plays in the first game and move on from there and they can if you play you'll play your way into the lineup if you play well you get to continue if you don't well then someone else will take your spot and the others do have some guys in the minors that they want to see get games this year in an osterley a benning uh, a reinhardt they're going to want to see those guys play as well. So the Oilers are starting to try to build with some depth at the back end because we've seen over the past that a number of defensemen have gone down, and when they have gone down, the Oilers' depth was not good enough to carry them forward until those players got healthy. And for people asking about Brandon Davidson, just an illness, so we totally expect him to be back Wednesday night. I mean, to play devil's advocate, maybe Nurse more comfortable with Davidson because they've been together before. Well, Maybe. And I believe that Davidson is a stronger defenseman than Mark Fain, who was Nurse's partner tonight night and the, we'll be able to cover up for, for anything that goes uh, sideways. Uh, Mark Fain's foot speed doesn't allow him to be as beneficial to Nurse as, as a Davidson would. The Canucks pull off a 3-2 come from behind victory over the Oilers. Their head coach, Willie Desjardins. You singled out Granlin after the last game. Uh, were you happy with him getting the unit for more minutes? Yeah, I've been happy with him the, the whole preseason. Like, he's played well for us and uh, you know, I think he has something to prove coming in, and he's playing that way. Two different games in one, it seemed tonight. Pretty good pushback in the third period after maybe a, a middle frame to forget. Yeah, we didn't have a great, um, you know, middle frame. I thought the first we were okay. I thought the one thing, though, that even though we, were, we weren't good in that period, I thought we didn't give them as much from in front of our net. I think we've been way better in the preseason this year taking that away. They had lots of control, but... But I didn't think we broke in that area, and that's a positive. And, and then in the third, I thought we got some structure back in the neutral zone. We turned a couple over and, um, you know, played a little bit better. I know you didn't get a ton in the preseason, and not a lot tonight, but do you feel your power play and the opportunities your groups have created are getting better as you head towards the season? Yeah, that's a tough one because we, we haven't had much time, so it's, hard, it's really hard to say. We've scored, but, you know, you could... That could just as easily not go in, and then you'd be upset. But, uh, um, you know, I, the, the good thing is, you know, both power plays have created, and I guess that's the best part of it. It's the type of game we're used to Jake trying to lay out a big hit or trucking some guy along the boards. We didn't see him hit anyone tonight. Is that the shoulder? Is that. I don't think it's his shoulder, but that's. I'm not sure of that, but I don't think it's his shoulder. Um, you know, I think it's. Sometimes you get games where you. You just don't get in. You just don't get going. And um, you know, I didn't think he. Uh, I didn't think as a group we had a, a great outing. I don't think there. There's not one guy. Like I couldn't go in after the second period and say, well, this guy was bad. Like it was. We didn't play good as a group for a while. And um, you know, I think we missed Tana from Good Branson on the back end. Thank you. Willie Desjardins of the victorious Vancouver Canucks. Interesting schedule for them. They don't play again until a week from tonight. They open their season against the Calgary Flames. So Vancouver will start three days after 
two or three days after most teams, and they'll play Calgary that is coming off Wednesday in Edmonton, Friday at home to the Oilers, and then playing Vancouver. So that's kind of an interesting, interesting. I don't, would you want to wait that long if you were a no, player? No, I, I, I was not one. When of you were I, a player, so. I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of practice to start with. So <laughs> to have an extra week off and the, the excitement of, of the, the league starting, and you're you're turning on TV every night, and there's game on, game on, game on, and you're like sitting there waiting for it to happen. So, no, I prefer to get it done on Wednesday, like the rest of the league, and uh, and. The one advantage they do have is they're playing a Calgary Flame team that'll be playing three and four nights, which is a tough way to start your season. Someone asking about the possibilities of trading Mark Fain. I mean, look, he he has two years left on his contract. He makes $3.6 million per season. That's tough to trade, you know, for a guy that's going to be on the bottom pairing on pretty much every team in the league. Well, yeah, it's you know almost he's got 7.3 million dollars tied up almost in the next two years. If he's on the last year of a deal, it's easier to move a guy on his last year. Uh, but uh, hopefully, Mark Fain can figure it out and be be a usable third pairing defenseman. Uh, they can give them solid minutes. I mean, he's not going to be playing against the top, other team's top players, which when he first came over, that's what he was doing. Right. Him and Sakara, were there, they were the number one pairing, and he was mispaired in that. Well, him and Nikitin when he first Sorry, came over, because Sekera wasn't here yes, yet. Yes, yeah. him and Nikitin were, and that was uh, a mistake. And hopefully as a third-pairing guy, they can use him in the situations that allow him to be successful. Because the others, I mean, Fane will be playing at some point, some games this year. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. he's not—he's not, not going to be out for all. In it. And I mean, I, I know they sent him down last year, but and I mean, if they decide to do that again, it's only in the hope that he comes back up a little better. I mean, yeah. that's how I think that would develop. The Oilers lose three-two. They outshot Vancouver ten-five in the first. 18-3 in the second, and then Vancouver got it together in the third period and outshot the Oilers 13-8 and outscored them 2-0. The special team story tonight, both teams were 1-for-2 on the power play. In the face-off circle, the Oilers had a 55% to 45% advantage with uh, Connor McDavid leading the way. He was 59 Well, Leon was 100%, but he only took one face-off. McDavid went 10-for-17 for 59%. And we'll go back down to the Oilers dressing room and hear from their captain. Just a little bit about the end of the night and finishing off the preseason here against uh, Vancouver. Uh, that's not the way we wanted to finish a game. Going into the third period, up a goal. You know, those are the games that we're going to have to figure out how to win. And, um, I think it's a good learning experience for us uh, to go through that in preseason. Um, you know, we definitely don't want those points to go away in, in regular regular season play. How would you kind of assess your? You went from World Cup to getting a little bit of time off and then flying through the preseason. Just how you kind of feel about your game as you get ready for the regular season? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's hard to kind of go from that World Cup where you know, every play means everything and um, you're, you're all jacked up for it, and um, well, then you come back to preseason where. You know, it's a little bit more scrambling and all that. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, growing pains there at the beginning, but um, I definitely felt, uh, you know, my, my game got better as the preseason went on. Just to go back to what you were talking about there, about the lesson that you guys can learn. I mean, you guys dominate for two periods and then sort of let the foot off the gas pedal a bit. What can you take away from that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, probably a penalty that, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, a weird call or whatever. So, um, you know, it's the way it goes. And, and, you know, they capitalize on their opportunity on the power play. And, um, you know, they get a lucky bounce there at the end. And, you know, that's the way it goes. So, you know, we got to start bearing down on some of our chances that we're having around the net. You know, for, you said it for two periods. We were the, the better team for sure. And, you know, we're all around the net. And, you know, I had 30-some-odd shots. So, um, you know, we got to bear down a little bit. Reed, that's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brendan. Connor McDavid. Uh, what do we call that? A, a polite criticism of the <laughs> penalty call on Darnell Nurse? It's kind of a weird call. It was yes. getting his point across without getting fined without by getting the National Hockey League. Did you ever get fined for anything you said about a ref? No, because I would never say anything mean about a ref. Not publicly. Well, no, I would whisper it in his ear as I walk skated by him. <laughs> um, a couple of questions here on 630, 630. Sylvan Lake Travis said, I got a question about the new ice. I heard a mention regarding the players being adjusted to the previous building. What is that change like as a player? Rob, I'll let you answer that because you would have gone through that. I just want to 
tell you this, Travis, from from being around. The ice at Rexall Place was not good. That was a myth that it was still good ice. That was going back to probably the early 90s. Um, I, I haven't heard too much about this ice yet, but it's it's better than Rexall Place. I can tell you that. One thing, sorry, Rob, nope. to cut you off, I just want to mention this. One thing players have commented on, I've been hearing about, is lively boards here. Mm-hmm. And how shots that go wide, they might be coming right back out front. So I, that's something maybe we'll watch as the season goes on and if the Oilers maybe learn how to use that better than visiting teams. Yeah, Rex Ice has, has not been good for a number of years. Uh, this ice will be better. There are certain rinks in the league that everyone knows about that have poor ice. Usually when you go to Madison Square Gardens, the ice is not usually good there because they... I mean, it's busy. There's a Every, circus in the afternoon. Always, yeah, there's always something going on there, so they're always taking the ice in and out. You get into some of the humid places, the ice gets a little sticky, a little wet. It's harder down there. Uh, I haven't heard, heard any player talk about the ice, good or bad, and if they don't talk about it good or bad, that means it's probably pretty good. As far as the boards being lively, it's it's noticeable from up here, and you're starting to see teams that are coming in, they know about it too, because a lot of teams are shooting wide on purpose to try and get the big bounce where the puck comes back out into the slot. So that'll be something that the Oilers should have an advantage as the season goes on. The more they practice here, they'll find the spots where to hit, where to put the puck, where to have it, where it bounces out, and they'll set offensive plays up using the bounces off the boards as the season goes on. Tyler from Wetaskiwin County says, I think Todd McClellan should put Connor McDavid and Benoit Pouliot together on a PK line. Because yep. they were, were were they out there? They were because he assisted on McDavid's goal, though I think Nuge and Pouliot is usually the pair. Um, I, I, I believe they have killed at times this year together. I, 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 I think I've seen them out there together. But, but, yeah. but Pouliot's definitely been out with Nuge too, killing yeah. the penalties. Uh, I mean... Uh, it's not someone that you're going to put out all the time. It's going to be situational. There's going to be games where the Oilers, if it's a close game or they're down, you know what, let's throw McDavid out there on a penalty kill. We need a goal. And it is a huge advantage. If he's up at the top, the defenseman will be a little jittery. And if they have a forward back there, well, now it some of the creativity leaves because you do not want to make a play that is you know, 50-50, 60-40 yeah. because you're not catching McDavid. So it, it is a huge asset having him when, he's penalty, when he penalty kills. But the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to throw him out every penalty kill. Then he plays all his regular shifts. Then he's out on the power play. Now he's up to 25, 26 minutes a night. They don't want to burn him out. He will play situationally when it comes to a penalty kill. The Canucks edge the Oilers 3-2, the gentleman who scored the game-winning goal, Marcus Granlund. Marcus might not have been the prettiest game to be a part of, but certainly a good final 20 minutes to get the comeback. Yeah, like I think uh, we didn't play that good, but... Like third period, uh, we played better and better, and uh, it was a good win. Kind of got back into the game by getting to go to work on the power play, and I know that's something this team has been working on a lot in practice. How important was it to, to cash in early in that third? Oh, yeah, it's like uh, when you score on uh, on power play, it's, you like get the momentum, so it's, it's always a good thing. How about your goal? It proves to be the game winner, kind of a, a bang-bang play where you're even expecting the puck to get to you. Yeah, well, it was a good play by uh, Adler, and I just... Uh, Touched the puck and it went in, so uh, good goal. On a personal note, now that the preseason is over, could you have asked for a better exhibition campaign to contribute as offensively as you did? Well, I think it was uh, pretty good, but of course uh, there's still some uh, some small things so what I have to do better, but I think it was uh, pretty good. What do you take from that second period where you were so badly outplayed, but you were right in the game, one goal? Yeah, we, we kind of uh, stayed there. They 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 didn't score, and Marky played good. So, it's a if it's a one goal game, you have always chance to win. Dodging a bullet there? Or? Yeah, kind of. But uh, like I said, uh, it's, it was a good win. Obviously, better to go in off a win than off a loss. So, how does this feel going into the season off this game? Oh yeah, of course. Like uh, last uh, preseason game, and uh, we got the win. So I think it's a it's a good thing. Granlund firing home the winner with 2.34 left in the third period. The Canucks win it 3-2 thanks to Scott Johnson for working the visitors' dressing room. All right, we've got to take a timeout. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins as the Oilers fall 3-2 to the Canucks at Rogers Place. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. 
Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For Hutton gets it back, centering pass, waiting, dishing in front. Oh, what a play by McDavid. He whacked a puck that might have been ticketed for the back of the net about three feet off the ice. One of the plays of the game, it was a funny one. McDavid hitting the puck out of midair as, as it appeared to be descending into the Oilers' goal. Well, I mean, he created his own problem there, Reed. He knocked it into his own net. He had to keep it out. A great eye-hand coordination. It was just, I don't know if there's anything the kid can't do. I mean, it, it's, every time you see him play, he's like, oh, there's something special. Oh, did you see that? So he's one of those players. And the Oilers, obviously, fans from days gone by have seen, you know, the Gretzky era, that he's one of those players that the next day you're sitting around at work or sitting around a coffee saying, did you see McDavid? Did you see the play McDavid made last night? Did you see that rush McDavid made? And it seems like every time that he plays, there's one or two of those plays that you're going to be talking about the next day. Jared texting 630-630 says, Speaking of ice time, an interesting stat from Game 6 of the 1986 playoffs versus the Calgary Flames. Gretzky played 36 minutes. <laughs> well, Jared, thanks for that. I got tired just reading that. How many, was it Was it an overtime game? Uh, 86 versus the Flames? I don't think it was. He played 36 minutes of a 60-minute game? Come on. I don't think that one was overtime. That's incredible. Seriously, I, I, there's no... Really? That seems like a lot. There, some guys on the bench... Would they play three minutes in that game? <laughs> they must have. Uh, the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Canucks tonight. I can tell you that Ryan Nugent Hopkins played 18 and a half minutes. Here's the Nuge. The finding rhythm and ironing out kinks and all that heading into the, the season here. I think, I think we're looking good. I mean, everybody's feeling good. Um, Although we uh, didn't come out with the win tonight, I mean, we're going to stay positive. we got to accept, expect that uh, we're going to go in every night and, uh, and win. I mean, it's a different feel this year, so uh, fresh start for everybody. And uh, just got to have a positive mindset going in. Did you get the feeling you had to carry me on the right way? Uh, no, no, it was... Uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, He's on your back. He's the other guy. Yeah. yeah no, he, he was. It was good to play with him tonight. I mean, played a little bit uh, last year together and got some chemistry there. But um, if we can keep building on that, and um, I think we both kind of have chemistry with uh, Pooley, so uh, that should come natural. But uh, yeah, just gotta keep finding each other. Um, had quite a few looks, just uh, got to find a way to uh, put them in. Like, it seems like they got the one line with Connor, and then your line's got two-thirds of the line, but they're not sure whether to play Leon there or Winger, or Leon's going to play third, third line. You don't really have a lot of The fourth line looks like it's pretty set, but um, third, they're not, not quite sure yet. Well, yeah, I think that'll work itself out as we go along here. I mean, um, whatever they decide to do, I know uh, there's a lot of chemistry in this locker room right now, and um, a lot of options, so I mean that's never a bad thing. Did you guys sort of see what might be possible with the top two lines like that? That one shift there in the second period, back-to-back shifts, where you guys were in, they were in for like two minutes. Did you sort of see what uh, the potential could be like with that top six like that? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think our whole team in the second period did a great job of moving around the, the ozone. Our D were jumping in and um, supporting us. So uh, if we can get that motion, um, it really starts by putting pucks on net and. Uh, we get all the rebounds and uh, we play from there. So if we can keep that up uh, going into this season, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be fun. Is that a conscious effort from the coaching staff anyway? Just keep pouring the shots at the net, and no matter if the goalie makes a save, you'll beat, beat the other team to the rebound. They definitely harp on it uh, big time, and uh, when we say, see it pay off like that, I mean uh, we definitely follow suit. And um, when you, you start going line after line like that. It, uh, it starts to wear them down, and um, when you get uh, going like that, you just got to find a way to put them in. But uh, I thought we did a good job of moving around. Breathe, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. After a 3 2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks, the Oilers finish the preseason 5 and 3. First real game. Regular season starts Wednesday at 8 against the Calgary Flames. We'll have an extended face-off show at 6. And don't forget, we have the Eskimos Monday morning on Chad, 9.30 for the pregame show, 11 o'clock for the kickoff. Rob, happy Thanksgiving, man. We'll see interesting to see what roster decisions they make. Well, it will be. Enjoy the, the weekend. Uh, hopefully we'll come back a little bit fatter for uh, <laughs> Wednesday's opener. It should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun season here. Uh, looking forward to 
meaningful games this year for the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Chad, on behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre bringing you the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Canucks edge the Oilers 3-2. I'm a paramedic.